Good morning. Okay, you ready? Are you glad to be here today? Hey, man, I am too. I'm glad that you're here, and it wouldn't be, I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't be the same without you. I want you to know that. Uh, sometimes we'll come to church, and we'll think, you know, does anybody know I'm here? I want you to know you're appreciated. We love you, and I'm glad you're here, and I mean this. It would not be the same without you here. Uh, so I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, the young man that just led us in worship is here with his wife, Laura. Where's Laura? I know, I know, I know. There she is over here. Hi, Laura. She's hating life right now. She's like, really, Robbie? Yeah. And also here with their parents, right? Okay. So, and uh, the grandparents make it in? Where, she's pointing them out. I don't know where they are. Okay, back over here. It's good to have you guys today. Uh, Boschman Up Church is here to see what God wants to do in his life, and we're also seeing what God wants to do here as a church to maybe have him come and be our worship pastor. So continue to pray, if you would, as a church for God's leadership in their life and our life and, and what God may want to do. Now, I'm going to tell you this, as far as this morning, because of our amazing worship band and vocalists and singers and AVL team, he sounded all right, didn't he? <laughs> Humility is not a bad thing, is it? How many of you here today would raise your hand, and I, I'm asking, to acknowledge that you get way too much encouragement in life? <laughs> I don't see too many hands. Jay can't raise his. You left one, Jay. Not your right one. Yeah, that'll work. How many of you today would say that, uh, you know, you get so much encouragement that sometimes you just think, man, I wish people would stop encouraging me? Anybody there? I mean, everywhere you go, people tell you how wonderful you are. They tell you how much you're loved. I mean, somebody walks around town, they got your picture on their phone, and they show people and say, hey, have you seen my friend? Have you seen my friend? Anybody do that with you? No? I mean, if you go somewhere, do they stop and clap and say, oh, my gosh, they are here. I'm so glad they're here. Anybody? Anyone? No? Do you get so much encouragement that sometimes you think, you know, I just got to get away from it all? I just need a little bit of time to get away from this. And you, now, most of the time, what do we think? Man, life is so hard and so negative and, and it's so difficult right now. I need to get away from that. Amen? We're not thinking about getting away from the encouragement. So your life is probably not like that. And, and I'm guessing that this morning you would agree with me, and let me see if you do, that we could all use some more encouragement. You agree? Absolutely. A good rule to remember is this. You say, well, who should I encourage? If somebody's breathing, they need encouragement. Is that all right? Can everybody grasp that? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I love that song. All the songs we sang were so good. But let me ask you this while you're going to 1 Thessalonians. Do you believe that, that Jesus Christ is our, our way maker, our miracle worker, our promise keeper, and the light in the darkness? Do you agree? Do you agree with that today? You do? Well, we should be passing that on and being encouraging with that. It's great. It's a great song, great to sing. Uh, all of them we sang again this morning is good. But, but most of us probably feel like a teenager uh, who spent the night at his friend's house. And, and he woke up that morning and the mom said, what do you want to eat? And he said, well, I'll take uh, some burnt toast, watered down scrambled eggs. And man, if you could just give me a glass of milk that I'm not quite sure if it's sour yet or not, that'd be fine with me. And the mom said, well, why would you want that? He said, I just want to feel like I'm at home. 
Most of us feel like that's our life, right? Sometimes we, we're like the little boy who was at camp and he was sitting on the end of his bunk and the counselor went up to him and, and noticed he was dejected and down and said, son, what's the matter? And the boy looked up at him and he said, I'm here sick. And the counselor said, you're what? And he goes, I'm here sick. He goes, oh, you mean homesick, right? He goes, I know. I'm sick of being here. I want to be home. Sometimes we get here sick, don't we? Life's hard. Life's difficult. Some days uh, life throws us a fastball and we don't even have a glove on. Would you agree with me that life can get hard and examples today, right, would be life throws us COVID, stay-at-home orders, wear a mask, wash your hands 571 times a day, you better not sneeze or cough in public because people will give you a dirty look, and you get quarantined for the sake of yourself and others. Oh my gosh. None of us were ready for any of this. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And what Scripture's teaching us right there real quick is, is that we cannot expect non-believers, we can't expect those who don't know Christ as Savior to be our encouragers. We're going to suffer persecution from the world of who we are, and, and the, the church in the United States of America is facing persecution like never before. Uh, I, I was listening to, to Kyron's presentation, and it's great to have him and his wife here with us today, uh, and Kyron and I were talking before. Uh, I've, I've known Kyron since 1986. My wife has known Kyron since about 1982, and uh, that's a long time ago, brother. You're looking good. Just want you to know. But, yeah, uh, the church, I mean, you see what the church is going through in, in Brazil and around the world, but also here in the United States. The world is not going to encourage us, so we need to encourage each other. We need to lift each other up and defend each other and share some kind words. So here's my thought for this morning's message. So I want you to walk out with. Encouragement is contagious. It's the buzzword for the day, isn't it? Encouragement is contagious, so let's see how many positive results we can get from sharing it. Uh, let's make the gating criteria <laughs> 50 encouraging words a day. What do you think? See, I, I, let me put it this way. If I don't share 50 encouraging words a day, then someone's not going to open our schools back up. Is that too soon? Is that, is that too soon? I wasn't sure about that one. I thought I'd try it. 50 encouraging words a day. When I end my day, was I more encouraging today than I was discouraging? Did I, did I share positivity? Did I share Christ? Did I share who God is? Did I share the hope that's within me with those who need it most? Or was I feeding the frenzy and feeding the negativity and feeding the fear, feeding the anxieties? Who was I today? And who did I encourage Encouragement is contagious. So let's see how many positive results we can get from sharing it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse 1. The Word of God says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, now pick that up, but you, believers in Christ, but you who know Christ as Savior, you who proclaim salvation in and through Christ alone, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. 
You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, Comfort each other and edify one another just as you're also doing. So God has the Apostle Paul write to this church in Thessalonica, to these believers, to encourage them uh, on this day when the Lord is going to return. And let me just share with you, right? We, you can call it the rapture. You can call it the second coming. But Jesus is coming back one day to this planet And we as believers should be expecting that, hoping for it, looking for that return, living our lives, not caught up in what this world is and what it has to offer and the things of such as we talked about last week, but looking for that glorious return of Jesus and sharing that hope that's in us with those around us. That's what Paul's encouraging them here with. Don't live as those who who don't know Christ. He says, for uh, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon the pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But we, we live in the daylight. We live in the, 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 the knowledge of who Christ is and as our Savior. And because of that, verse 11 says, therefore, because that's who we are, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Comfort each other and edify one another. I really want to focus on verse 11 there. We are to encourage one another. We are to be each other's cheerleaders. We are to look out for one another. We need to step into each other's lives when everybody else is stepping out. We need to be nice to each other because there are people who will be mean and we need some nice people in our lives. Uh, If I look back at this past week and I ask myself of all the social media posts or Instagrams or tweets that we sent out or, you know, what we looked at, what we focused on, the conversations we had, were they more positive or were they more negative? Were they encouraging or were they pessimistic. We need to be encouraging each other as believers in Christ. I heard about a man who told his wife, honey, that was the absolute best meal you've ever cooked. Right? And she was like, oh, thank you. And he said, of course, I mean, there was nowhere to go but up, but I'm telling you, it was pretty good. There's no need for the last part. Amen, guys? And if you don't know that yet, learn it right now. Stop. He, he should have stopped before. He should have quit when he was ahead. And I know we all get frustrated, and, and most people have little difficulty showing the frustration, but how many of us, when, when we walk up, somebody thinks, oh, man, I'm so glad to see them because I know they're going to be encouraging. They're, when they walk away, I'm going to feel good. I, they're going to encourage me instead of going, oh, no, really? They're coming? You see, a friend will strengthen you with his prayers, bless you with his love, and encourage you with his hope. A friend will pick you up when you're down, shut you up when you're wrong, 
and help you down when you get too full of yourself. We need to edify each other, lift each other up. St. Thomas said this, there is nothing on this earth to be prized more than a true friendship. You know what true friendship is? Friendship is when people know all about you and they like you anyway. Amen? <laughs> Romans 14, 19 says this, therefore let us pursue, get that word, chase after, Pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Pursue the edification of each other. Pursue encouraging each other. Pursue lifting each other up. We all need people in our lives who encourage us because life just gets hard. Romans 15.2 puts it this way. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification, leading to uplifting thoughts and, and conversations or for encouragement. See, we need to pay attention to what people need the most. If we're not careful, folks, we're very good at going about our own business and not even know there's hurting people around us. We're very good at that not paying attention to the needs and, and to what's going on and that someone around us is hurting and, and God may want to use me as an encouragement in their life. And let me say right here, right now, not everyone that's hurting needs you to fix their problem. Most of the time, we can't. What they need is maybe someone to cry with them, maybe someone to, to, to hug on them, maybe someone to sit with them, maybe someone just to say, I care about you. I can't fix your problem, but I want you to know I care. Maybe that's, that's all God wants to use us. And, and, and let me throw this out there. That's why faith groups and community groups and discipleship groups here at Faith Baptist Church are so important because what they do is they cause us, they, they force us to, to stop and get involved with some other believers to love on each other and encourage each other. At least that's what we should be doing. And helping each other and praying for each other and carrying each other's burdens and encouraging one another. We all need that in our life. I read a story about a, a man named David. And the man that told this story said, David worked at his, his place of work with him. And he said, David was one of those annoying people that always had a smile on his face, always had a positive attitude, and never seemed to let anything get to him. Anybody know someone like that? And we're all going, those people are annoying where it should be, you know, <laughs> that's the way we are. But he said he got to know David and he watched him. I mean, he was the guy that was encouraging to everyone around him. He was a natural motivator. And, and he would go and tell an employee that was having a bad day, hey, it's going to be okay. We can, here's the positive from this. So one day this guy walked up to David and, he, and he, he asked him, he said, I don't understand you. There is no way anyone can be as positive as you are all the time. How do you do it? And David replied and said, each morning I wake up and say to myself, David, you have two choices today. You can choose to be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. I choose to be in a good mood. He said, each time something bad happens, I, choose, I can choose to be a victim or I can choose to learn from it. I choose to learn from it. Every time someone comes to me complaining, I can choose to see the negative or I can point out the positive. I choose to point out the positive. To which this guy said, yeah, right, it's not that easy, David. It's not really that easy. And David said, yes, it is. Life is all about choices. It's all about choices. When you cut away all the junk, every situation is a choice. 
You choose how you react to situations. You choose how people affect your mood. You choose to be in a good mood or bad mood. The bottom line is how you live is your choice. Several years later, uh, this guy, he, he moved away from that company, started his own business, so he, he was separated from David. And he was gone two, three, or four years, and he heard uh, just from around about that David had had an accident. He had fell from a 60-foot communication tower. And laying there on the ground, and, and he uh, had broken, obviously, a lot of things in his body. And, and he heard about this, and David went through uh, 18 hours of surgery and weeks of intensive care and, and was eventually released from the, the hospital with rods in his back. And he said, I ran into David about six months after his accident. And I asked him this. I said, David, how are you doing? <laughs> he said, he looked at me and said, if I was any better, I'd be twins. You want to see my scars? <laughs> and he said, I declined to see his scars, but I did ask him, what was going through your mind when that accident happened? And he said, David looked at me, and he said, when I was laying there on the ground, the first thought I had was my unborn daughter, that I wanted to be here for her. He said, I could choose to fight to live, or I could choose to give up and die. He said, I chose to fight to live. And this guy asked him, weren't you scared? Did you lose consciousness? What happened? And David said, well, when the paramedics were great, you know, when they came, they were positive. They got me in the ambulance. They were positive. He goes, but when they wheeled me into that hospital room, that ER room, he said, I saw the look on the nurses and the doctor's faces. And the look said, this guy's a dead man. And he said, all this activity is going on, and this one nurse is asking me questions above everything else that's happening, and, and I thought, I've got to do something here. And, and that nurse asked him, are you allergic to anything? And he said, I, I, I gathered everything inside of me, laying in pain on that bed, and I shouted, yes! He said, everything kind of stopped. And the nurse said, well, what are you allergic to? And he said, I looked at everybody around me, and with everything inside of me, I said, Gravity. <laughs> he said over their laughter, I told them, I am choosing to fight to live. Operate on me as if I'm going to live, not as if I'm going to die. And he said the whole mood of the room changed. How we live is a choice, folks. We can choose to be an encourager, or we can choose to be that person that drains everybody. If you ask any of our kids, and you've probably heard this before, uh, they can tell you, I promise you, they can tell you, every morning when they were dropped off at school, they were told the same thing, right? They were told this, have a great day because it's your choice. You choose how you let other people affect you. You choose the mood you're going to have today. You can't control everybody else, but you can control you. So have a great day because it's your choice. Encouragement is contagious. So let's see how many positive results we can get from sharing it. Look back at verse 11. Therefore, because we have this hope in Christ, because we know, we know he's coming back one day, because this world is passing away, because all of this junk is not going to be here forever, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another. Let's, let's test po positive for encouragement. How about that? We have a choice about how we react, what we say, how we say it, and what kind of person we want to be. 
Do we want to be like Christ or not? Now get this. People need us to be an encourager. Grab a hold of that. That person sitting next to you, they need you to encourage them. That person behind you or in front of you, they need you to encourage them. We should be encouraging each other, lifting each other up, edifying each other. Jackie Robinson rose to the ranks of the Negro Baseball League, and he became the first African-American Major League Baseball player in history. Many of y'all know this story. He had a, that, that first year, he said it was the most horrible year of his life. People threw racial slurs at him and insulted him everywhere as he traveled the country. But he said the turning point of his life, not of his season, not of his career, the turning point of his life came when they were in Cincinnati, the hometown of Pee Wee Reese, the famous Dodger shortstop. The fans were hurling insults the entire game. Every time he came up to bat, every time he made a play, every time there was a lull in the game, they were, they were shouting insults at Jackie Robinson. But there became a delay in the game, and Pee Wee Reese, well-known, beloved shortstop, walked across that diamond and walked over to Jackie Robinson and just put his arm around him for the whole world to see and just stood there with his arm around him. Pee Wee Reese was saying to the world in that moment, he's my teammate. He's my family. He's part of me. And Jackie Robinson in his biography says this, I knew at that moment everything was going to be okay, that I could go on because I had Pee Wee Reese in my life. We all need a Pee Wee Reese in our life. Maybe there's someone that needs you just to walk up, just to put their, your arm around them, just to give them a hug, just to, to say I'm here for you. Hey, here's a thought. Maybe when that prayer chain comes across our prayer chain for the church, we need to pray for them, and we do, but maybe that they need a phone call to say, is there anything we can do for you? How can I help you? How can I pray for you more than just this, or what can we do for your family? One of the most obscure exhibits in the Smithsonian Institute displays the personal effects found on Abraham Lincoln the night he was shot. They include a small handkerchief, embroidered A. Lincoln, a country pen knife, a spectacle case repaired with cotton string, president of the United States, kept his glasses in something repaired with cotton string, a Confederate $5 bill, and a worn-out newspaper clipping extolling his accomplishments as president. The clipping begins to read like this. Abe Lincoln is one of the greatest statesmen of all time. And then it went on. Why would our nation's 16th president carry around a clipping like that? History remembers Lincoln as a folk hero and a president's president. Was Lincoln an egomaniac? No, not hardly. When Lincoln was president, he wasn't as popular as he was after he died. The nation was bitterly divided. Lincoln's leadership was constantly threatened. He was an object of, of a critical press. So Abraham Lincoln needed something in his pocket to remind him that his critics were not his only observers. He carried an icon of affirmation, something that reminded him that there was someone out there that believed in him. That's the power of encouragement. 
Romans 12, 21 tells us, do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, there are many here today saying, Robbie, I can't do it. You know, I understand I'm to be an encourager. I understand that I should be uplifting. I should, I should help those around me, and, and I should be more positive. But, but man, I'm just, I'm naturally pessimistic. I'm naturally critical. I'm, I, it, just, it just is there. And I understand that. But here's my answer for all of us, whether that's, that's a, a real struggle or somewhat of a struggle. Here's the answer for all of us. None of us can do it on our own. Not a one of us. We need the Holy Spirit inside of us to lead us. See, when we come to know Christ as Savior, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, and, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, and, and, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love and joy and peace and goodness, goodness, being good to each other, kindness, hmm, there it is, right? Discipline, self-control, watch what I say, watch what I do. We need the Holy Spirit's leadership in our life so to overcome and be who God wants us to be. And, and as Hebrews, I mean, uh, our text tells us, 1 Thessalonians tells us that we need to be an encourager, an uplifter. We can't do it on our own. We need Holy Spirit leadership. Verse 11, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. See, that's what makes ordinary people extraordinary. You say, I want to do something extraordinary than be an encourager. That'll make you extraordinary, unfortunately. The fact is this. You never know when someone needs that word of encouragement, so you let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. Maybe, just wrap your head around this. Maybe all they need is that, that smile. Just to look at them and smile, right? Right? Just that look of love and concern and, and a smile. Maybe, maybe, it's a little more, maybe it's a hug. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they, they just need a positive email sent to them because we've gotten 10 negative ones so far. Maybe they just need that positive text to say, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know you're loved. You need somebody, I'm here for you. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe you swing by the house. There's so many ways that, that God can use us to make a difference for him because encouragement, I'm telling you, it's, an, it's contagious. And we need to see how many positive results we can get. Think about this quickly, and I'll be done. Paul tells the Corinthians, he writes to them and says, I thank my God always concerning you. Do you think that was encouraging to the Corinthians? They received that starting off the letter. I thank my God always concerning you. He wrote to the Philippians, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Now, he, he could have thought, man, I, I really appreciate the, the Philippians, and, and when I think of them, they're great people. They're doing a great work for God. And he could have, he could have just thought, had those thoughts, but he put pen to manuscript, right? And the Holy Spirit had him encourage them to start off with by saying, I thank God. Do you think that encouraged the Philippians? I do. He, he told the Colossians, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. He's encouraging them. And then even in Thessalonians, we, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers and remembering without ceasing your work of faith, Labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God the Father. 
Paul was an encourager. You read through the New Testament, Paul encouraged Timothy and Mark and Titus and Philemon. He encouraged them. And a lot of other people that, that God used him to make an impact on. We are to be encouragers, folks, not discouragers. So I read that there was this cold, bitterly cold day in New York City. And this lady was walking down the street, and there was a department store, and there was this little boy who had his face up against that department store window just staring in it. And she noticed as she walked by that his clothes were pretty tattered, and he had no shoes on. And she walked by, she noticed him, and said, poor little boy, in her mind, and she kept walking. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of her. And she stopped. So she turned around and she went back to the little boy and she asked him, what are you looking at? And the little boy said, I'm just asking God to give me some shoes. So she said, give me your hand. Took him by the hand, walked into that department store, told one of the clerks, I need you to go get 10 pair of socks that'll fit this little boy's feet. And while the clerk went to get the socks, she took him into the bathroom and she put his feet in the sink and she washed his feet, cleaned them all up. Grabbed his hand, walked him back out into the department store. The clerk was there with the socks and this lady bent down and put socks on those feet. And then walked him over and said, pick you out a pair of shoes. And with these bright eyes, the boy picked out a pair of shoes. And they went over and they put the shoes on his feet and they gathered up the socks and they walked up to pay. And after she had paid for everything, she grabbed his hand and they started to walk out and he tugged on her hand. Just tugged on a little bit. She stopped and looked down and she said with tears in his eyes, astonished, he looked up at her and he asked her a question. This little boy who had no shoes and had asked God for shoes asked this lady, are you God's wife? <laughs> That's pretty awesome, isn't it? How amazing would it be? Not because we... And we do. We preach the gospel and we share salvation and we tell people about Jesus and, you know, sin and lostness and heaven and hell and all those are, are great biblical truths, folks. No doubt about it. And we will keep preaching and teaching. And... But how awesome would it be if somebody walked up to you or to me because of something we did for them right in their moment of need and said or asked, are you God's son? Because I was asking God for something, and he used you to meet it. Are you God's daughter? Because I was praying and begging and asking God to help me. To, 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 I needed some encouragement. I needed somebody to lift me up. I needed somebody to walk along with me. And you showed up. Are you God's daughter? How awesome would that be? Verse 11 says, Therefore comfort each other, and edify one another. Encouragement is contagious. So let's see how many positive results we can get from sharing it. Bow your head with me, please.
We normally give an altar call for repentance to come down and as the Holy Spirit's moved and maybe convicted us or rebuked us or, or you know, challenged us with an area in our life that we need to get right with Him. But, but today I, I want to present it in a different way and I hope it comes across that way. That, that I would just like to present an invite today for all of us to think about someone who needs encouragement. Maybe they're sitting next to you in front of you, behind you. Maybe they're across this auditorium. You know they're struggling. You know life is hard. You know they're going through some things. And you know what they may need today? They may need you as a believer in Christ just to walk across an auditorium or just to grab that hand or just say, let's go down. I want to pray some words of encouragement over you. Maybe that's what they need today. But they need you to step out boldly and do that. Maybe they're not here. Maybe God's put somebody in your heart that you know needs you to be an encouragement to them. Maybe you just need to lift them up in prayer during this altar time just to pray words of encouragement and then, and then surrender to God to, to reach out to them, to do something for them, to, to encourage them this week. Maybe they're not here, but they're somewhere else. But as God's people this morning, I pray that, that we would be seen and known for our love for God, our love for each other, and that we're encouragers. God, I come before you today once again. And you are our way maker. You're our promise keeper. You're the light in the darkness. I pray for anyone here that may not know Christ as Savior and they hear this and it's foreign to them, that, that they would uh, be willing to, to step out and just make their way to the back. We have some people there that would be glad to take them and, and show them what this knowing Christ is about. Knowing, knowing that they can know that they're saved from hell one day and, and, and heaven is their home for eternity. God, if that hasn't been settled in anyone's life today, I pray that that'd be the step they take. But most of us here, we, we claim that salvation. We, we hold on to it. We cling to it. So I pray for us as a people. If there's someone here we know needs a, a prayer of encouragement, that we'd, we'd go get them and bring them down to an altar. Just pray over them encouraging words. Maybe we can do it where we're seated or pray for that person that's not here, but go out of our way, not just pray, but go out of our way this week. God, whatever you want us to do right now, I just pray as God's people, we would do it. In Jesus' name we pray.